You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. I would really love to welcome you, uh, Judith, to this conversation in Flow with Soul today. Um, as you know, this, uh, co- this conversation and the series of conversations that will follow is really for the purpose of sharing our stories about how we ventured into this realm of being a, bus- a woman in business. Um, what are the challenges that we've faced along the way? And what are those surprises that you may not have considered before you took the jump? Does that sound good? Sounds exciting. Excellent. Well, Judith, what I'd like you to do is to start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And then we'll start getting into uh, the deeper questions. Hmm. That who I am is not the deeper question. Yeah, exactly. That's just the surface. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so I guess what people see me do is that who am I thing? Um, Well, I'm a uh, chiropractor, a holistic chiropractor slash uh, spiritual doula. Um, I guess we'll define that later. Um, I live in Montreal, Quebec. I'm originally from New York. I am the mother of three adult beautiful children. And I love nature. I love learning. I love learning. I love learning. I love personal growth. I love anything that has to do with wellness. Mm -hmm. And I just feel blessed to have this experience of transformation, which I'll probably also speak about. I would love it. I can't wait to get to that. So, it sounds like knowing that you, uh, you're a chiropractor, that to me, that's an obvious connection to your uh, value for wellness. How how young were you when you realized you had this value for wellness? That's a good question. I did not grow up very healthy. I just didn't have any mentors around me talking about wellness. So we just had the traditional American diet and I I didn't eat very well. A lot of sugar, lots of chocolates, uh, no sense of what was good for me. I ended up having major headaches all the time and addicted to sugar. Mm. And um So I was going to school uh, to become a physical therapist and we had to get uh, volunteer hours 
And I ended up in a chiropractor's office and he sat me down and he explained chiropractic to me. And it was the first time I ever heard the notion that the body could heal itself if you give it what it needs. And if it has no interference, the nervous system has absolutely blown away. It was actually probably the first time I had a sense of empowerment of anything in my life that I could choose things and feel better. And like that, I switched from physical therapy to chiropractic. I enrolled and uh, didn't turn back from there. And it's been a 30-year journey of healing this physical body from abuse from the first 25 years <laughs> right, right. and just really awed by the power that our body has to heal itself. So when you started the chiropractic, tell me a little bit about your healing journey then. Physically? Physical yeah, healing journey? exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point in the beginning, it was more about chiropractic, making sure the nervous system worked well, starting to get some notions. But it wasn't until I think 2006 where I took um, a chiropractic uh, wellness practitioner certification course uh, where that taught us how to eat well, move well, think well, and then also the science behind chiropractic. And that really made me see how important the physiology was as far as when I ate sugar, how that affected my body, like my immune system, my hormonal system, my nervous system, my cardiovascular system, and on and on, because I'm so cerebral that yeah. I needed to see why, what happens. Like, I knew I felt terrible when I ate that stuff, but oh my gosh, I'm killing myself. This is a slow suicide. This is no different than smoking. So I just changed 180 degrees and uh, started taking better care of myself as far as diet and being more regular with exercise. Okay. And... What was that that wellness journey like for you? So you have this information, you're satisfying your need to know, and then there's the implementation. It's painful. <laughs> Sugar's like cocaine. Wow. It was hard. It was super hard. I had to do things like go to the grocery store and go to the olive cart. I don't know if in Chicago yeah. you have those carts of olives. What? I hate the smell. I hate the smell of olives. It makes me want to throw up. I would go to the olives and I would take a deep breath in while I thought about my favorite chocolate so that I would create the neurology in my mind that chocolate was disgusting. Wow. I would just, whenever I came in contact with something that disgusted me, I would think about chocolate. And every time I felt bad, I would think this is because I ate that. And over time... And with little techniques, um, just replacing sugar with fruit or dates, just so that I could be satisfied, but it's not, um, you know, it was a slow weaning off process. Uh, So yeah, it took years. It took years. Absolutely. And along that time, what kept you in the game, so to speak? Because the pain was greater than the pleasure. And I was so tired of that. I was so tired of the struggle. Uh, just life was, was so numb to me. It just, I wasn't engaged. This was really, it was a numbing thing, sugar. Okay. So the, the motivation was seeing people around me who had this vitality and was, were engaged in life. And I, I wanted that. I wanted to be well. Right. I just saw how precious life could be and I wasn't full in. I wonder if you could remember a, a time when you realized, oh my gosh, I am well. I am enjoying what I wanted to enjoy. Hmm. It's a great question. A particular time. 
I go to an intentional community once a year. It's a week in June. And I used to go there every year and binge on the desserts. It was a buffet of every possible best dessert possible. And I used to go there and gorge and I wouldn't enjoy the week because I had headaches. I was tired. I was cranky. It was not nice. (laughs) And uh, one year I realized, oh my God, I'm really enjoying my week. I'm, I'm all in and I have no desire to step out and have that food. It's not worth it. And I was just so present and able to just really reap the rewards of what this community offered me. And I think that was really poignant. Yeah, absolutely. I love those stories. Sometimes they slip past us if we're not paying attention. Thanks for asking that question. I never really yeah. try to hone in on that. Yeah. So let, let's go back again then. So you shift from physical therapy. Now you're going to go into chiropractic school. You finish school. And how do you get started as a chiropractor? <laughs> so I graduated five months pregnant. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. And uh, subsequently had two children the, the, the two following years. Okay. And I moved somewhere where I did not speak the language. Okay. So a little bit of challenge there. Sorry. I said, you like a challenge. It sounds like. Absolutely. So I knew nobody except for my spouse's family. And um, I got married on the day of graduation. Oh, and uh, yeah. So I didn't work for the first three years. I was, I was lucky to be able to do that. My spouse um, was able to support us in that. I also didn't, well, I didn't have the language. I didn't have my license yet in Quebec and all that. Uh, so it was a slow start. And, and because I had that delay, I lost a little confidence in my skills. I didn't have the confidence in the language. So it was a slow start. For the first five years, I worked from home. And that was a challenge. Imagine having children, little children in the house and trying to see that so not not uh, easy but it was okay uh, after when my uh, then I after when my first child went to school I started easing into my spouse's clinic he was also a chi- is a chiropractor okay. as well okay and uh it was uh, it was a challenge um I was floundering I did not know what to really do uh, I was going to a lot of management of uh, business management courses for chiropractor telling me you know, follow all these steps to do things, but I never felt at ease. I didn't feel peaceful about it. I didn't have a flow about it. So in the beginning, it was absolutely a struggle. I didn't have my identity built as to who I want to be as a chiropractor. Right. Do you remember again, when you knew what your identity was as a chiropractor? (sighs) really really know it it was only in the last couple years so like 20 years in and I don't have any regrets about that process I think it it was it was my process and that was great and I could sit here and tell you this from the vantage point of someone who's 51 years old Mm -hmm. and knowing that we all have our lessons to learn let's say I've heard I heard this Um, that we all have a hundred lessons to learn and we just learn them in all different sequences. Okay. Okay. And that being said, I also think there's this overlying archetype of how we learn those lessons. So as that young athlete, there's this striving, uh, there's this production type thing and there is less heart, which makes me feel sad to say that I served with less heart than I have now. 
because yeah. um, I wanted to give as much as I could, you know, the people I served, but that's what I was able to do at the time. And now um, I'm all in and it's all heart and I've gotten past those, those lists of things to do to be a productive, profitable chiropractor. When, when that shift was happening for you, did you know what was happening at the time or what was that like? So you go, you're having this 20 year practice, very cerebral, right? I want to know everything. I want to be able to explain everything. Um, and then there's the shift where you talk about moving into the heart. Did you know that that was happening at the time or was it something that happened? And then you looked back and said, Oh, that's what's happening. Oh no, it was a tornado that landed right in the middle of my world. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay, so you have this tornado. Now you're in your head, you're doing what you have been told to do and mm-hmm. doing it to the best of your ability, right? And now this tornado hits. Can you talk at all about the tornado or just maybe even the effects that the what was this tornado doing for you? I could talk about the tornado if you want to get into it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I um, was going, is involved with the teachings of Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is a fantastic chiropractor, but also a teacher of, and I, I hesitate to use the word manifesting because it's much beyond the law of attraction and, and all of the secrets and all that. It's really tapping into the quantic field and tapping into what you want to experience, not do, but be in life. Right. And so I went to his advanced seminar in Mexico in 2016 with my former husband, then at the time my husband. And I went with the intention of wanting to create a community cafe. I really had this vision of this, this project. And I went and I spent seven or eight days just downloading this and meditating on it and and thinking about how I feel when it happened. And so I wanted to feel peace and love and joy and freedom. And I say those things and it sounds trite, but I invite your listeners and you to take a moment and really just feel peace, Mm. not just the word, but just peace and feeling love both coming inward and moving outward. And then embodying joy. What would that feel like to be joy? And then the last aspect was that freedom of how I would feel if all my needs were met. All financial, social, love, and all everything that just needed to be in place. So when I really took the time during that week to feel those things, By the end of the week, I realized that I needed to close the chapter on my marriage. Okay. It was a huge surprise because I had spent many years doing everything I could to make it keep happening. And it was just black and white, clear as day. This is it. And I took the leap, which was huge. Yes. You could imagine. Yeah. Right. Because you're still in Canada, right? Where you're around his family. Your family's in New York, right? At this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And everything we have a practice together. Everything is right. is yeah. right intertwined as it would after 20, 20 some odd years together. And uh, I moved out to a place I always wanted to live. Mm-hmm. I joined a Facebook page to this community. First thing that shows up, we're starting a community cafe. 
We are looking for people to help build this. Oh my God, I just got the chills. Right? (laughs) So it was the beginning of a series of events of synchronicities and spirit saying, trust me. So now I'm just dropping in this concept of spirit, which we'll get back to. And I just dropped in and the trust into the trust and allowing and knowing that everything will be okay. And I just kept meditating on those different emotions that I wanted to feel. And it didn't matter how it would show up. It didn't matter if it showed up in this community cafe, if it showed up at work and then going to the office and serving people took on a whole new meeting because I trusted it. I trusted it. I trusted me. I trusted my clients. I trusted the process. And so it wasn't forcing it anymore, trying to achieve something. All I did needed to do was show up as me. Wow. Hmm. It's hard to believe that that can possibly be enough. Right? Just showing up as me can be enough. And you're saying it's not not just enough. It's more than enough. It's everything. Is that that fair to say? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Where was your old identity in all of this? Were you able to leave that behind in Mexico or did it kind of keep showing up for you or what happened with that part? That's a good question. Yeah, it was amazing because everything was happening so fast. It was like download after download of here's who you were, here's who you could be. Okay, clear. And just again, like this would come up, let's do it. And then just clearing it up. And I would just sit there in awe of the process of just peeling off the layers, peeling off the layers and just attracting events in my life that said, okay, how are you going to deal with this? Is this the new Judy? And, yeah. and it wasn't even like me choosing who the new Judy was. It was just, it just happened. It just something walked into me. That's fantastic. So now four years out, mm-hmm. I, that, I, I, I call it my year of bliss. Okay. <laughs> because I was so plugged into the universe. Right. There was no thinking. And as that time went by, things got habitual because everything was so new. I lived in a new place. I had new friends. I had a new uh, drive to work. Everything was so new. And, you know, it's like going on vacation. We love vacation because everything's new and we're not doing our old habitual things. But eventually you start to make, you know, your own new habits. And so sometimes the old habits can creep in. Exactly. So it's about a gentle vigilance, a kind vigilance going, oh, who was that? Oh, that was a laziness getting into old habitual things. And I see that slippery slope and that's not who I choose to be. Let's drop into the magic of the unknown and trust, trust, trust. Can you give me a story maybe or an example of when the the old Judith may have tried to show up and you recognized it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, when when the pandemic hits in March, and um, I was and, and they shut down in Quebec, and I was like, you can't tell me to close my clinic, like these people need me, and I need to pay my bills, right. and I they they need me, they need me. And um, I was so blessed to have a friend who does the Sedona method. Uh, If you're not familiar with it or your listeners are not, I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Uh, It's a way of releasing beliefs. Okay. And um, after releasing those beliefs, I just, again, was able to drop into this trusting and allowing 
and knowing everything is just the way it needs to be. And I had 10 weeks off, which was the first time in 20 years where it was, there was zero guilt because it wasn't a choice, right. exactly. <laughs> which was amazing. And it was 10 weeks of just a deep dive into just trust, into trust. So you refer to the Sedona method as a way to release limiting beliefs. So does that, is the argument then that the old Judith that was trying to pop up in those cases was operating from those old limiting beliefs that you had previously already moved away from? Absolutely. That controlling part. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is this also this year of bliss? Was this also when you shifted from your cognitive, I'm in my head sort of business to the heart driven business? Same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. At the same time I was enrolled in a one spirit interspiritual seminary Uh and I I switched over to their interspiritual counseling program during that year. And um, so I was really vibed in that connection to spirit and coming from the heart, And that really helped as well. So is this a good then transition into talking about what a spiritual doula is? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm really curious uh, about this. Uh, well, the doula part is um, because... I trained as a spiritual doula, uh, sorry, as a birth doula, although I never did it because I wasn't ready to be woken up at three o'clock in the morning and I wasn't ready to be canceling three days straight of work. Uh, So it never happened. But I always, my my three children were born at home and I just have a heart for for people who who do doula-ing and midwifing. And uh, on top of it, my grandmother's name was doula. And so I just love the word that assisting it's a guiding, a holding space to help people on their spiritual journey. So I decided to put those two words together because in Quebec, um, can't use the word counseling. Uh, and I also didn't want to mislead people. So that's the way I chose that. So my, I didn't want to do one-on-one uh, counseling with people. I started making workshops. When I went to seminary, there was a fantastic meditation we did called The Three Faces of God. And it's fantastic for people who have had spiritual wounding. For example, if someone was in the church and there was a lot of judgment, for example, which could happen, um, then um, these Three Faces of God was a way to look at spirit in different ways ways and it was very healing for me so I created these workshops around that and it's been fantastic and the evolution of that now is uh, we're in this together we're in this deep transformational coaching program and I'm so glad to meet you there and it just it has a whole new dimension and now I want to do the one-on-one now I feel like I have those skills to sit with people and to really drop into connection with spirit So take me back then. So a doula, it sounds like the definition is someone who holds space for another, whether it's a birthing, right? I'm holding the space for the mother and, and caring for that individual within that space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at a spiritual level. Correct. Mm -hmm. And this is your own phrase. So if I Googled spiritual doula, what would I find something? Or is this There's somebody else out there who, who is a birth doula with a spiritual leaning. So she actually does birth dueling and she calls herself a spiritual doula. I found that after, yes. Okay. 
So tell me more about these workshops then. What is it that as a spiritual doula, you teach others? I don't want to teach anybody anything. I just want to help them find their journey um, back, back to who they are, help them remember who they are. So just gathering up all the tools that I've used for myself. So as in my chiropractic practice and my spiritual practice, I don't tell somebody to offer somebody something that I haven't tried on myself. Okay. And so I have a whole big box of tools and, uh, the three faces of God being one of them. Uh, we do different meditations. I've integrated art into it as well because that shuts down that mental process and allows spirit to go through and gives us interesting messages. Um, and just a lot of sharing. Um, there's, a, there's the magic of sharing, normalizing. Like I didn't realize that other people are going through this, how other people might feel isolated and want something bigger. Like I feel like there's something out there, but I don't know how to go about it and get it. Right. So, so creating that space. So, so the people that participate in these workshops that you create for them, what, or what's their experience like, either in the workshop or after the workshop? I know that the workshop has succeeded when I get tears for myself and theirs <laughs> because they've touched something deep. They remembered something deep and they feel they're not alone and there's hope. Because we can really get up, caught up in the chaos, in the materialism, in the fear, and especially now that there's a lot of that happening, a lot of confusion. And I feel like when we find this connection to something greater, either within us or, or beyond us or both, there's this peace that happens. There's this knowingness and there's this trust. And to see that in somebody's face, and to see them move forward and make decisions based on that is the greatest gift. Yeah. That's amazing. How, or maybe are these two separate businesses that you're running or do you see chiropractic and spiritual doula kind of uh, merging together for you? I have become more bold to bring spiritual talk into my practice. Um, very generally, because it's not the place to be talking about. I, would, I don't even call it religion. I would not get into religion. But just, you know, talking about being connected to something greater, having faith in your body, having faith in yourself, having faith in the universe. Um, because the three causes of interference in the nervous system are physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. So for years, I didn't have the tools to talk about emotional stress. And I think a lot of emotional stress stems from fear of death, lack of connection to self, society, and higher being. And so I now feel bold enough and confident enough to, to bring that into the practice. I think 90% or more of um, health issues stem from emotional issues. I, keep, I see it over and over again. Give me an example of what that might look like. How does our emotional issues show up in our health? I could give you my example. Um, about 10 years ago or more, um, I started having severe back pain. Cobbler has no shoes, right? <laughs> so I went to see all my chiropractic friends. I saw all different types of uh, manual therapists, uh, medical doctors, which is outside my paradigm, uh, psychotherapists, the whole, the whole gamut. And I landed on a dear friend who does something called mind detox. 
And um, it's a, another way of reprogramming and looking at beliefs. And after just two visits, I had a memory of something that happened to me when I was young okay. or might not have even happened. My brain thinks it happens. I'm not even sure if it happened. And just in acknowledging it and facing it and looking at the pain, which I suffered for six years with, and it was excruciating, gone, gone. Okay, so you're saying that six years of excruciating pain, having been through all of these other more traditional routes of treatment with no success, you, uh, you go to this other um, avenue where you're uncovering some limiting, or would you say you're uncovering limiting beliefs? Is that what you thought you were doing? Or how was it presented to you? Well, I think it uncovered a fear. Because like, low back is about security. And, and this event created this fear in my subconscious. And in the memory, someone didn't have my back. Somebody wasn't there to protect me as a young child. Oh, my goodness. How literal the unconscious mind is. Wow. So now it's so important to pay attention to metaphor. I, I do that a lot with my clients. It's not, I don't take it lightly when someone uses metaphor. We go, I go into it. I love that. Okay. So you uncover this memory that you're saying may or may not have actually happened, but at least in your unconscious mind, it did. Is that a fair way to describe that? Correct. You acknowledge this and you acknowledge as somebody in that, that story didn't have your back, which then related to your, your existing back pain. How then does the back pain then dissipate? Well, it, was, it felt like I was putting up this iron wall, literally, to protect my low back. And I didn't need it anymore. Okay. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? I see these kinds of stories, too, um, in my clients. But I just, it never ceases to amaze me that we can find something that may have even been literal, may not have been literal. But in our unconscious mind, it's real. And therefore, it's real. It, uh, it functions. It. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. All right. So anything else on the spiritual doula? Like, um, what, how do I want to ask this question? Who looks for you? What, what might somebody say, I've got this and then fill in the blank. I'm looking for some support or help. I, uh, you know what? I've got this problem. I don't even know what the solution is. When might we consider somebody such as yourself as a spiritual doula or spiritual coach kind of thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it could be somebody that used to have a spiritual life that they turned away from and that it's never really left them. And they, they know they want to go back and find a way that's aligned up with their values and on their terms that's important to me that, you know, I think that we're all magnificent manifestations of spirit and we have all our own particular way of getting back. Or as A Course in Miracles says, we all have our own specialized curriculum, individualized curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so someone who's looking to figure out what that is for them, okay. uh, that's important. And then there's some people that haven't had that experience, but just have this inkling. I, th- I call my workshop the longing because there's this longing of something greater and it's about that waking up going, okay, wait, I've gotten the car, the marriage, you know, the white picket fence, the good job. This is not satisfying me. There's something more. And it's looking for that, that something more. 
So when we're having those um, questions about, is this all there is? That's a valid question. Very much so. I think right. the beginning of the hero's journey. Right. Right. Exactly. Is there any ever a time when you would say, or have you ever turned someone away saying this isn't right for you now? As far as uh, spiritual pursuit or as chiropractic? Well, I guess either, but I was um, probably both. Uh, no, let me slow that down. Uh, as far as chiropractic, yes. I, I have said you really need to get some other things in place to be able to be committed to your healing journey. Uh, but it's very rare because I know that it's hard to get to that place if your brain is not working well. If you have neurological interference, it's hard to make that next step. So chiropractic is often a great gateway to calm down the reptilian brain, which is fight or flight and survival, and to be able to access the prefrontal cortex, which is about, oh, there's options here, and that we could access more logic and reason. Okay, so I love watching people flower with that. It's not uncommon to see people change their jobs, change their relationships, or move because all of a sudden it's like the window was dirty and now it's clean and I could see that there's other things that I could do with myself. And then they started asking some spiritual questions. Well, and, and if I could interrupt right here too, because I think sometimes when you say, well, they've got new jobs, new relationships, new living arrangements maybe, um, sometimes that might hold someone back from even pursuing that question, right? I'm asking myself, is this all there is? And I'm hearing you say, oh, no, that, that's a great question. There is more. But along the way, you may lose the, your job. You may lose the people in your life. You may, may move. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, what do you say to that? Scary. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling you it won't be scary. Okay. What's that? What's that expression? It's when the bud decides it's, it hurts more to stay in a tight bud than to flower. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. It's like when you know, just like I knew when I went to that Joe Dispenza seminar, it's like, oh, this has to happen now. And it's about creating that support team. You know, I don't suggest anyone do it alone unless you're really connected to spirit. You're never, we're never alone. But if you don't have that deep connection yet, having people such as yourself and, and other people like that to, um, to support them, because it is absolutely scary. The unknown is, it could be terrifying, but it's so magical and it's so exciting. And that's why, in my opinion, we're here to experience that. Because if we're controlling it all, it gets so dull, it gets so flat. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I, I personally can't do that flatness anymore. No. Gotcha. So we're about half an hour into this now. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted us to talk about? Well, I realized how important values are. And I think I find it funny that for the first 20 years of my career, we would see coaches and they would say, write down your values. We'd go to these conferences and write down your values. And I'm like, I don't even understand why that is important. And I'd write them down and put them aside. And finally, at this stage in my life, I go, it's everything. It's, it's, the, it's, the, light po it's the, the lighthouse. It's your guide. If, if I can't wake up every day, if there's, if there's dis-ease in my soul, it's because my actions are not aligned with my values. 
And as a younger person and that archetype of succeeding, and I didn't have time to sit back and reflect. It was all about do, 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 do. And then when I got to experience that the being is what caused the transformation. And in any moment, I get to choose to be love. So at any moment, when I have a client arrive in my office, I want to be love for them. And I want to see them in their wholeness. And I, I hear myself saying that and it sounds corny, <laughs> but it has created this magical space. Like I used to struggle to get everything I wanted done in the time I have allotted to see one client. And now I look up when I'm in that flow, in that zone, and I'm like, oh my God, I only used half the time. What just happened? Like this altered state of consciousness moves in and things just go. And it's aligned. It's because now I'm aligned with those values and it guides each decision. I take the time and reflect and go, okay, this doesn't feel right because it's not aligned with, it's not congruent, it's not coherent with who I want to be who, and who I already am as a divine being. So at what point did you start to listen to or really reflect on your values? I think it was during that year of bliss. Okay. When I realized how important it was to choose that peace, love, joy, and freedom. So those became kind of your guiding stars, so to speak. Um, and did, have you found that your values change over time or are they pretty consistent? Those have not changed. Absolutely not changed. For the last four years, no, definitely not. It's still your home base. It is. That's beautiful. All right. Well, before we wrap up here, one of the things that I want to leave um, my guests with and the audience with is um, the conversation about how do you care for yourself? You're a busy woman. You've, you, you've got a business to run. You have family. Um, you're active in your community. When and how do you fit you into that? That's a good question. So I'm not a busy woman because I choose it not to be busy. I don't like that feeling of being out of balance. Um, my kids are grown, so I have that luxury. I acknowledge that. 10, 20 years ago, wouldn't have been able to say that. So I know it's a luxury. Okay? Okay. I've also created my, my schedule at the office to be light enough to just fit my level of energy. Okay. And uh, that's important. Uh, so to sustain that so that I could be present for long, intense days at the office, I start each day with uh, my Course in Miracles lesson, which really helps me align with spirit and why I believe that we're here. It's just one technique out of many to make sense of this crazy world, okay? The one, this one works for me at this moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I meditate and... Uh, I start my day with a really healthy meal. I make sure I'm getting all my nutrients um, and that my taste buds are also really satisfied. And uh, then I will go into my day. And uh, a lot of the times I have um, a bell on my phone that goes off every hour, every half hour now, just checking in. How are you feeling? Because those, those values I want to always be coming back to. So if I'm feeling lack of peace, okay, what just happened? I'm, an, I'm trying to drive this, you know, life. I'm trying to control, let, let go, let go, allow, allow. And then I regain that peace. Um, other self-care items are sleep, 
which at this age has sometimes become elusive. The hormones are doing what they do. So I have to be very intentional with having really good sleep habits. Uh, getting out in nature, taking hikes, super important. Spending time with my, with my partner, my friends, having deep conversations and really going in and being authentic is huge for me. That really, really feeds my soul. Um, and, and doing this through our class that we're taking together as well. It's just so, so nourishing. And reading, watching documentaries that feed both my spirit and my soul is really important as well. And so, just being... Go ahead. As cliche as it is, again, being in the moment. Um, I just, life speeds up as you grow older and, uh, and slowing it down. The only way to do it is being right here right now. Not easy. All these things, I, I'm saying it like, <laughs> sure, just do it. No, it's a discipline. It's, it's, it's takes mindfulness over and over again. And it's just worth it. It's just, I've never felt so free. No, I mean, I have had moments that were fleeting, but this is like in my soul now. Yeah. And, and so you mentioned that you're at this age, I think you said you were 51 years old and, and you're able now to manage your schedule. So you're not busy. So you have time for yourself in all of these various ways. Mm -hmm. Think back, what do you think you might've told yourself maybe 20 years ago um, when you were more in your head? right? And you were st still out in the hustle trying to do things the way others were telling you to build your business. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you know now that you would want your younger self to have known? Oh, everything I just said. <laughs> so is it possible to have this level of freedom, really? I mean, that's the word I'm putting to it when you can say, here's how much I want to work and here's how I'm going to fit my, me into my day. If you look back at yourself again 20 years ago when you were in your head um, and knowing what you know now, what would you tell you? Would you tell yourself to do anything differently or be different um, so that now you would be here in a different space? Hmm. I uh, would absolutely, number one, say stop eating the sugar <laughs> because I know I, I was not in the right state of my mind when I ate sugar. I just wasn't well. I didn't see the world clearly. I was agitated inside. So that tainted all the decisions that I made. Yeah. So that's absolutely number one. And I think that would have led to all the other things. I think if I removed that veil, I would have gotten sooner into back into my spiritual journey because I had started one earlier and I think I just would have slowed things down enough to make better decisions. Okay. That's a huge thing. What I do love um, is watching the millennials now. I think they have a bad rap, but I think actually they're doing exactly what needs to be done is they're stepping outside the paradigm that I grew up in and, and the generations before um, about having that nine to five or longer work day and longer week, work week and being available all the time and, and having the home and, da, 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 and all that. I think they're stepping out of that. And I think it's fantastic. All three of my kids just really live outside of that paradigm. And I'm so thrilled that they, got to understand that at their age and they are they're doing what they do and it's fantastic I see them free I that is a beautiful story that I could not have described that better I love that 
Well, Judith, thank you so much for your time today. Before we go, is there anything um, else that you would want to share either about your services or what where people can find you? Thanks. Uh, well, chiropractic is obviously only available to those who are local. <laughs> um, but I, I do, I'm very happy to offer any kind of wellness consultation about eating well, moving well, thinking well um, online. I could definitely be doing that. Or if anybody wants me to help them find a chiropractor that's aligned up, lined up with these values, um, I could definitely consult with them about that. And I have an extensive blog and newsletters on my uh, website, which is judithbloom.com. And my spiritual doula services are available local and on Zoom. Uh, I could do half day, full day, full weekend uh, workshops uh, on, on Zoom or when restrictions lift we could do it personally which will be fantastic um, and that's into the meta.com and uh both of that both uh, of those businesses of aspects of myself are on facebook and instagram as well i love that judith i am so grateful for your time today and your stories and sharing yourself with us i really do appreciate you mm, i appreciate you too mary thanks for this wonderful opportunity and one last word again, I just wouldn't want to come across as trite or say this is easy. It was intense, but if anyone's on that path, it is so worth the journey. And if you're in the dark night of the soul, wondering if there's something else after and then just trying to figure out the next step, there are people uh, that are there to, to walk with you and to help. And it can, it's a fantastic journey. So choosing how you want to live your one precious life is worth it. So blessings on that. I think that was a perfect way to close. Thank you, Judith. Thank you, Mary. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.